0: Today on The Screeners, we celebrate our 10th episode... See mom, I told you we could do it. We discuss Microsoft's About Face on their policies regarding DRM and internet connectivity. Next, we talk about Steven Spielberg and George Lucas's opinion of the coming implosion of the film industry. Chris has his Mac evangelist on in full swing as we talk about the Worldwide Developers Conference. Next, we talk about the new trend in theater going experience: the mega ticket. Look up in the sky, it's Zack Snyder's Man of Steel in our main event. And finally, in the cutting room floor, we discuss our favorite TV ads of all time. Let's go.
1: From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is The Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to the super episode of The Screeners Podcast. My name's Chris. And Chad.
2: Melody.
3: And Josh.
1: I have been looking forward to this episode all summer long. It's going to be a super awesome episode. I am really super excited. Uh, first of all, before we get started, though, I want to remind everybody, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about or you have a comment about past shows, please drop us a comment at ScreenersPodcast.com or send us an email at ScreenersCast at gmail.com. All right, Let's get started. Cut, cut, cut. Cut, cut, cut.
2: All right, guys, welcome to Jump Cuts. This is our lightning round segment of the podcast where we ask each other some short questions and we each have 60 seconds in which to answer the question. If we go over time, you will hear this sound. So let's get started with Jump Cuts.
1: Number one.
2: All right, so I know that we had a bonus episode where you guys were able to talk about all of the stuff from E3, but since we recorded that episode, there has been quite a big update on the part of Microsoft, and so I wanted that to be our first question for tonight. So, Microsoft has announced a policy reversal on the Xbox One. And um, basically, uh, the quote from them is this, after a one-time setup with a new Xbox One, you can play any disc-based game without ever connecting online again. There is no 24-hour connection requirement, and you can take your Xbox One anywhere you want and play your games just like on Xbox 360. woo So uh, that is definitely some news and definitely not the original announcement that they had made. And they have said that this is uh, in response to the online community kind of getting up in arms about um, their DRM stuff. So we would like to uh, hear from you guys what you think about this. Josh, what do you think?
3: Well, first off, I get 60 seconds to respond to a 45-minute bonus episode about E3. (laughs) I do not find this fair or equitable at all. (laughs) Just Um, how
0: we planned it. Josh,
3: talking about the specific question, uh, Chad actually posted an article from Gizmodo on this uh, earlier today. And I read all the way through it and even read some comments, which is amazing for the internet and me. But I completely agree with what they said or with what the one Gizmodo author said. What this policy reversal does is keep us in the current generation with no progress whatsoever. The consoles were already not exciting to me yep. because we're starting to support 4K resolution in TV and video content. Consoles didn't even talk about that. We have the same old 1080p, we have a better Connect, a creepier Eye of Sauron Kinect, and we have new games, and I'm just not interested at all. The Xbox One model with the whole digital distribution and share a game with a friend was something new with the industry and it could potentially hold back price increases in new games. <laughs> son of a...
0: I think you should keep going though because I'm feeling it, Josh. <laughs> no, that, this I is vote horrible. vote yes. Let's go. I vote yes, Chris votes no, Melody, come on, be the one. <laughs> Let Josh speak.
3: No, Josh. It's, it's fine, Chad's yes. yes. gonna... Well, I, I was pretty close to the end of that. Um, Microsoft had announced progress and because some people whined about it, it's not going to progress anymore. I'm as much against DRM as the next person, but this was something new and they could have done something interesting with it, and now they won't be able to. And maybe we'll have to wait another generation until we finally get the digital distribution that things are moving toward.
2: All right. well, I know Chris wants to get his two cents in. So, Chris, what do you think about this?
1: So that just sounds to me like, you know, a parent telling its child. Now you're gonna get what you want, but just remember, you're gonna have to take I'm gonna have to take away this one thing from you. Um, and that probably will come back. I have a feeling about a year from now, Microsoft will implement <laughs> this online stuff. They're talking about, they'll reverse themselves yet again. but the the best thing here is, the no internet connection 24-7 because I read an article about how a couple of Marines stationed in Iraq and Afghanistan were kind of upset because they wouldn't be able to use the Xbox One where they were at, and people who you know were remote weren't going to be able to play these new games because they always have to have an internet connection. And they specifically said, you know, that's a bummer. You know, can we? Is there any way that we can do that? And Microsoft said to these servicemen, no, you just need to buy an Xbox 360, and that was kind of stupid of them to do. And I think that has a lot to do with it. They want to make sure that they get the Xbox One everywhere that is possible and i think this is the internet connection and not having your connect always connected to the internet it's a good thing
2: all right chad what do you say
0: i actually agree with chris that the one good one good thing that i like about their reversal is the always or the 24-hour internet connection thing if you've got a game and you don't have internet you ought to be able to play it everything else though that's related to the sharing and the the biggest thing that I've heard from uh, people that are are gamers is they want to continue this model of this yard sale that we've created at GameStop where we go and trade games like we're at a swap meet or something and I was excited (laughs) about the new online community that would have built around sharing and selling games it'll happen Um, so this is just to me is ridiculous I think Microsoft is really weak for doing this it should have for once been innovative and said this is the future and this is where we're going deal with it keep crying but they did not and it makes me it makes me sad cuz i think it's uh, josh is right we're just sitting here congratulations another 10 years of what we've already had
1: oh come on they can do it they can they can reverse the reversal anytime
0: <laughs> melody what do you think
2: i mean i pretty much agree with you guys i definitely think the 24 hour connection thing was a little creepy and i not i i guess i didn't listen to a lot of the stuff from e3 so i'm not sure why they were going to do that But I guess I'm glad to hear that they're not. But as far as the other stuff, I think Chris is probably right that it, you know, that it will come around. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I've heard a lot of my friends being up in arms about this, but it didn't really stop any of them from going out and pre-ordering it or trying to pre-order it and not even being able to find a place that they could get it. So it was seeming to me like, you know, people were still going to be buying the Xbox One with or without this DRM stuff going on. Um, But apparently Chris was saying that... uh, that the sales were a lot lower they were, than they were expecting, so it'll be interesting to see if this announcement um, puts a boost on those sales.
1: Hey, can I just say one more thing, oh. real quick? Because I've just opened yeah, up an article I can. Yep. Uh, from Joystick saying that Microsoft is confirming their cloud computing vision for the Xbox One, that they want to create a Steam-based um, type sharing system and all that kind of stuff. So it appears as though that they
0: are still yeah. working on that. I just that don't like we'll the. I don't like the options. I think you make the, you make the bold decision and you go.
1: To give to give the consumer everything that they that they everything that think, they want
0: to be I, able to share digitally and be able to share. I think the you why fix. not? Because the disc. Are you serious? Do you hear yourself? Why not? The why not give them The, um, the option. The discs I, are
3: dead. I, come I agree with and you. They would I hate be. Discs. I mean, they could, Exactly.
0: Discs. So why not give people the option? Why not say it's because okay? Because you can't give everything to everybody. You got to make a stand. That's ridiculous. It is God. not ridiculous. You can. They you can, can just, give everything they can to everybody. They want. Did you just say you can give everything to everybody? In this circumstance,
1: you can. In this circumstance, you can. And they're going. to. It's ridiculous.
0: Steam got the same kind of hatred that Microsoft did when they first launched. And it's They're so expensive the and all that stuff and now everybody loves Steam. This but is Steam the exact same thing that would have happened with Microsoft.
1: Steam didn't have disks to begin with. <laughs> no, but it was did. the
0: licensing licensing and sharing thing that and oh, the model of selling games. It was. It's true. And Steam is always online, not
3: once every 24 hours. If you want to play a Steam game, yep. you yeah. will be online. But
0: you're a computer, though. It's
1: a
3: little bit different. Than- no, how's that? Uh, the Xbox is a computer. How's it
0: different? That's right. Well, oh, I well, love the comparison in that article. Where they talked about, wow, World of Warcraft, how you don't hear the minions complaining because, oh, I can't play it when I'm online. No, it's an online
1: game. It's an online game. Yes. This thing, I, that's not a comparison. If I want to play. Welcome um, to the future. We're if I want to play Call of Duty Ghosts, I should be able to do that without an internet connection.
0: I agree. But you had to plug
1: into You can. In it the was Matrix. only once
3: every 24 hours you had to check in. No, and was that was to-, to support their digital sharing thing where a friend can play your game. If you could go offline for unlimited periods of time, you could share this game no. with 10 people and you, you could to- all be playing it for seven Josh, weeks. Josh, you, right. had an,
1: you had to have an always internet connection. No. No. It's no it's never was. Was that oh, no yes it
0: was you're wrong chris we're looking, right. how looking at how many links
3: would you like all right fine let's go let's go <laughs> you're right i'm
0: wrong the end <laughs> done
3: number two all right next up we have a story that i got on a newsreader that i follow and then i saw it on facebook later that day yeah. um causing some discussion George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and interestingly enough, Microsoft's president of Interactive Entertainment, Don Matrick, who's been in the news, he was the one who actually announced this Xbox One decision reversal we just talked about. The three of them were on a panel at USC recently, and Steven Spielberg made some pretty controversial statements about the film industry and its future. Um, He's saying things like, Movie tickets are going to go up in price even more than they have been. You're going to see movie tickets at $50, $100, $150. Theaters will be, there will be fewer of them, and the ones that are there will be bigger, nicer, offer a different experience than what we're seeing now. Basically, going to the movies will be like going to a sporting event or a stage play. Movie studios are going to bank big on a couple of huge budget movies, and the rest of the more thought-provoking thoughtful things are going to go to cable or online distribution. And another interesting tie, and this kind of goes back to what Danny Boyle was saying in the interview we talked about a few episodes back. So I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about Spielberg and about the future of film. Chris, why don't you start off?
1: Well, at first I was like, wow, this is actually an interesting kind of vision of the future. But then I started realizing that these guys basically are reminiscing about how theater experience used to be. (laughs) Because about three-fourths of the way through this article, um, they start talking about how I remember when Raiders of the Lost Ark and ET were in the, in the theater for a year and
0: four months. So they fit right <laughs> in with that. the Xbox people from the last. And question. like oh. they're just like you know oh
1: this is the way it used to be and it should be that way again and it's kind of it's kind of a little bit I, I felt like a little bit like they were just wishing that it was the way it used to be um, and I think they're probably I mean obviously they're 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 definitely right on the fact that the market has become saturated. There's hardly any breathing room for a huge budget film to gain traction and actually be uh, profitable. So, yeah, I mean, this would probably actually be the way it happens, but uh, it's probably because they want it to be that way and because the market has become so saturated. And interesting, our mega ticket discussion we're going to have in a few minutes actually proves the point.
3: Melody, how about you?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting article, and I definitely related to um, Spielberg's comments about their like being more media out there than than we have time to consume, there are only 24 hours in a day, um, and all of that, and so I definitely think he's right that the studios, you know, tend to focus more and more on the big big budget movies that'll bring in the big cash, so I think, you know, all of that makes sense, I think Chris is completely right, and I definitely got the sense that they were reminiscing of how, mov- how movies used to be, and how going to the theater was a much bigger deal than it is right now, and I guess that would be cool, you know, to to see it go that way again. I think that, like, the niche markets that they're hoping um, will continue to emerge via the Internet to view, like, the the more artsy content or the more historical content or whatever, I think that's a great thing, and I think we've talked about those sorts of things um, on the podcast before. I think it's great for us as, like, aspiring filmmakers because it kind of levels the playing field um, to get good content out there, and then I think it all... Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> All right, go ahead.
2: I was almost done. Okay, you, fi- you finished. I was just going to say, I think it's also good for consumers because it makes good content more available. Um, but I, I liked the article because I liked their positive attitude about it, whereas, you know, most things these days are doom and gloom. Like, it seemed like they actually had a positive attitude about the eventual outcome of the film industry. Done.
0: Chad? Uh, I thought the article was interesting. The biggest thing that I thought was that I think is that needs to be solved and I'm not sure how, exactly how it could be solved short of the obvious answer which is the internet is the ridiculous marketing cost that it takes to open a film especially you know Kevin Smith he, he had the big thing a few years ago where he made the movie Red State. And it was going to – his budget was like a million or two million, but to market it was going to be like 15 million to make a profit or something like that. And I think that's what's got to be overcome. $250 million film that then has to spend another $100 million in marketing is is a big problem. I am intrigued, though, by the idea of $25 for a blockbuster and $7 for the, for the good stuff, because if they keep releasing good stuff in the fall, that'd be a lot cheaper. For, the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's fine. The, the sky's always falling, but it'll be it'll be fine. Well, I don't think the sky's
3: falling at all. I'm gonna half put on my Grinch hat and half put on my happy hat here and see if they both fit. Because I hat. hope what? I hope they're right. <laughs> well, I couldn't come up with anything to say other than the happy hat. <laughs> <It's all good. laughs> hey, I, I don't wear it much.
1: Um, <laughs> no, in fact, I didn't know you had one. It's been in the closet.
3: Yeah. So I hope Spielberg is right. Because when movies are like sporting events, I can ignore going to the theater like I ignore the fleeting thought of going to a basketball game in person. I'm going to be able to watch movies at home sooner. That was another thing you talked about, the day and date release where the movie comes out on your TV the same day it comes out in the theater. That'll be great. The internet infrastructure will get faster. Picture quality will be better and I will be happy. (laughs) well there you go riddance to the theaters and their so-called experience (laughs) they're They're already (laughs) they're already overpriced but i still have to go there half because of this podcast because i have to see new movies (laughs) and have to keep my wife married to me wow (laughs) when i can watch a movie on release day at home and the theater tickets cost 10 times what they do now that's a that's a one-two punch to both of those problems i can go back to seeing a theater movie once a year and everybody's happy, happy, happy. That's did you, did you write that, or happy did you actually? People. Was
1: was that you just talking, Josh? That was just Happy Hat talking.
3: That was that was the Happy Hat. You must. I'll, have I'll leave that for. That uh, was
1: that was very yeah. well said, sir. If and that's the hurts. first
3: time you've noticed, I've written something. I've either done something right no. all the other times, or something very wrong that time. I don't know which it Josh, was.
2: Josh, I love you so much.
1: <laughs> you are so. You are, you are one of a kind, sir. You are one of a kind. And completely wrong about a theater-going experience. Number three. All right, guys. WWDC was also last week uh, in and amongst the E3 frenzy. Um, but Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple... Um, gave his keynote, um, and so did most of the executives on Apple staff, talking about uh, the new Mac OS X, the new operating system for Macintosh, as well as um, iOS 7, uh, the new operating system for their smartphones, uh, the iPhone, uh, and also a whole bunch of other things. But I wanted to get your guys' reaction, if you
0: uh, followed any of that news, and what you thought of WWDC. Chad? Well, first of all, I'm not a super Mac fanboy like you are, Chris, so I didn't watch yeah. this conference. I just read about it after it was over. But sure. my biggest, the, the, the Apple products that I'll interact with the most and that I want to talk about here in the 40 seconds I have left is that <laughs> I'm not super excited. I am excited about a lot of the functional things of iOS 7. And there are some design things that I like about it, but honestly, there are some things to me that just look unfinished and super ugly. And I love minimalist design, but there's some things I'm just like that looks weird and like it's not even done. So I, I'm not crazy about IO seven, but you know, I'm sure once I get it, I'll I'll get used to it and and it'll be fine. But what I am super excited about yes is the computer yes. that looks like a trash can. Yes. <laughs> that be Mac stealing Pro my talking is the coins. coolest. They're I mean, bomb. if it is as fast and as stout as it's going to be, and I don't have to get a second mortgage to afford it, which I probably will. It'll probably be $10,000. As a video editor, I'm super excited about the new Mac Pro. Meldoy.
3: Of the Ross Guild. Of the, of the Ross. Ross Guild. <laughs> of Ross. Yes. That's been so long. That Meldoy. Is very
2: funny, is
0: it? A- <laughs> you, it's a never not funny. Melody, what do you think?
2: I definitely agree with pretty much everything Chad said. Uh, I think the functionality of iOS 7 looks to be improved. Unfortunately, I'm one of those people that doesn't always like update stuff. The very second it comes out, I kind of get stuck in a rut in how I um, manage my devices. And so I don't really love updates and system updates and stuff like that. But I'm sure that once I pass the learning curve, uh, it will probably end up in being a better experience. And usually if it's not a better experience, they'll fix it and make it better anyway so as far as the looks go of ios 7 i'm not super picky so whatever i'm sure it'll be fine uh the mac pro does look awesome the cylinder thing is very cool unfortunately i'm sure we will have to buy one so that will cost a lot but it'll probably be worth it Mm. that's all i have to say
1: indeed josh Any thoughts on WWDC? Yeah, not really.
3: Okay. (laughs) So
1: um, I really. No, 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 no. So
3: first off, what I was saying earlier is define your acronyms. WWDC stands for Worldwide Developers Conference. What do developers have to do with the Screeners Podcast? I'm not sure, but it's Apple and Chris loves them. So let's
0: talk about it.
1: (laughs) what's on your screens, dude. (laughs) three three the four of us have screens that have that run ios devices and how am i supposed
0: supposed to run a timer when you jokers are talking to each other i'm just saying i gotta defend myself well don't worry i don't have
3: anything to say other than when i said don't steal my talking point about the mac pro i was certain you were going to mock it like i was about to and i can't believe you guys said that looks amazing
0: the power looks 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 amazing
3: and it It looks like another g4 that's going to heat up and explode and it looks like something else that you can't upgrade yourself. Oh wait, it's a Mac, of course you can't.
1: Of course you can. It's gonna be awesome.
2: Josh yeah, you, his you happy can, hat. you
3: can upgrade it, but the circular RAM costs three times as much. Wow. Your hard drive is a sphere. Anyways, <laughs> Look, iOS 7 looks, such... like, looks like a Google operating system, so way to innovate, and I'm done. Out.
0: <laughs> wow. Ziegler with his happy hat having been fully destroyed. <laughs>
1: So I'll just say one more thing. Six Thunderbolt ports on the back of that Mac Pro. I cannot wait. That is where you're going to get your... You can't wait to, to buy
0: uh, overpriced
1: Thunderbolt devices. It's going to be awesome. They're absolutely great. I mean, anyway, so I'm really excited about that. iOS. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not iOS, OSX Mavericks. <laughs> what a silly name. Terrible name. Um, uh, But it looks like it could be cool. I'm, I'm excited for that. But iOS 7, I agree with you guys on, on almost all the point. As soon as they showed it, <laughs> my jaw dropped, and I thought man, that is ugly. What in the world are they thinking? And I'm really hoping that they yeah. fix a lot of the gradient stuff because um, they just, I don't know, it just is not. Like the notes
0: app is like a flat piece yeah. of white paper. It's yeah. like nothing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean the pastels on there too and they're like yes. like you, gradients going different ways for different apps. You can tell that different people designed them. And they threw them together and they just said, oh, they're done. And they didn't think about how they look together. Um, anyway, it's just it. Hopefully they'll fix all that. I know there's a lot of people saying, and hopefully like Microsoft they'll give in and say, "Okay, we were just kidding." Um, so anyway, I'm excited about it. The functionality looks great, but I think the look is rather silly.
3: So they announced. That they're having a built-in flashlight app now, which puts like fifty thousand developers out of business.
1: They did that, and they also
3: iOS flashlight.
1: They also they also added into Safari the um, pass uh, password stuff. So one password and some of these other you know apps that I use on a regular basis are going to be out of it too because. I have all Mac devices, so
3: people still use those. Yeah. Oh well, people with all Mac devices. Maybe. It'll be
1: yeah. It'll be free and it'll work everywhere. Yeah, it's, like, it's tell just, me, you I use like Safari on your Mac
3: devices? Oh yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I use one it, password. It's
0: great.
1: It's know I do too. I, I have it on all my devices. I love it, but I think the one that they're using that'll be built in, baked in, is going to be a lot easier to use because they'll it'll actually you don't have to go to an app in order to to make it work. So anyway,
3: I'm about excited. when one password gives all your passwords to the NSA, how do you feel then? Mm-hmm. About the same way I already do. I mean, what am I going to do? <laughs>
0: okay, why are we still talking about this?
1: Because sorry, it's awesome, sorry. and we're geeks, and we love it. That's why. You
0: do. The you end.
1: love it. Yeah, I do, except you're continuing to talk about it. All right, let's go.
3: <laughs> that was the Vader computer. It's <laughs> like, what? what is that?
1: <laughs> was that
0: you, Josh? It was Whoa. Josh doing Vader. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Okay, to carry along some of the discussion we had earlier about the theater-going experience and how much Josh loves it, there is certainly (laughs) a, a move among theater owners to try and find new ways to entice people to leave their living room experience and come to the theater. Paramount actually has a, an idea that I think is pretty interesting. Starting with the upcoming release of World War Z, have you guys seen the trailers for that? The zombie, zombies, yes. zombies and Brad
3: Pitt. Woo! Yeah,
0: yeah. It's amazing. So yeah. what they're doing is they're introducing this idea of a mega ticket. So instead of paying the normal twelve, fifteen bucks or whatever you would pay, you pay fifty dollars, and for that fifty dollars, you get the privilege of seeing the movie in three D two days before the release date. You get popcorn, an HD download of the film when it's released for Blu-ray, a pair of limited edition World War Z 3D glasses, and a full-size limited edition poster. So they're trying this out at some various theaters across the country, five or six IMAX screens, I think, here in the next couple of weeks. And I think this is an interesting idea, and so I wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, on the new mega ticket. So, Melody, what do you think about it?
2: Well, I... I'm sure Josh is not going to agree with me, but I kind of love the idea. I mean, I love the idea of seeing a movie that I really want to see early, like before anybody else gets to see it. And I think that, you know, getting a download of the film is cool. Concessions, you know, whatever. I think that if they had, you know, some sort of... Interesting takeaway, like what do you get? Like a poster with World War Z or something like that. Like maybe something nicer than that. But I don't know. I like the idea of it. I think this is probably gonna be a flop though, because I don't know anybody that really wants to see World War Z. I certainly wouldn't pay I'm not even gonna pay ten dollars to see it. So um I wish they had started <laughs> this with that. well, I wish they had started with a movie that like was gonna do well, like Man of Steel or Star Trek or something. Then I would have totally paid fifty dollars to see Star Trek two days early. So, um, but yeah, I think it goes uh, exactly with what we were talking about before with upgrading the, um, the theater going experience. And I did have to just throw this in here too, really quick. Um, one of the theaters near us. Oh, come on! You <laughs> you want to hear it? I know you do. I do. Huh? I, I, do. I go, do. Go ahead. No. One <laughs> <of> the <laughs> the...
0: We're gonna
2: let her
1: keep talking. Let's no no. Yes. No.
2: One no. of the theaters near us now has 4D motion seats. So, we'll be checking that out this summer and letting you know if that's worth the upgrade.
0: (laughs) That sounds terrible. Oh,
2: yeah, it does. Okay, I'm done
0: now. Okay. So, uh, Joshua, I wait with bated breath. $50 mega ticket.
3: (laughs) So, this is just a great business move and really great advice in general. If you have a product that fewer and fewer people want, just raise the price. It's simple supply and demand economics. (laughs) So for the last 10 years, I've been watching movie ticket prices go up and up consistently like there's some kind of commodity that Glenn Beck's scaring baby boomers into buying. And I'm sick of it. We have digital projection now, so that makes the experience, you know, a little better. It's still not worth it. Before this podcast, there were literally a couple calendar years of our lives where my wife and I went inside a theater maybe two or three times and I didn't miss it. My TV is big enough. You know it cuts out the annoyances of the theater i can pause the movie and all that stuff but to the mega ticket idea the real problem with this is that the description of it to me seems pretty half-baked because a lot of people go to a movie with a significant other a girlfriend a wife a husband a whatever but those
0: people don't need two digital copies Ah, thank the lord all right i'm gonna vote no on the continue yeah (laughs) diatribe no go ahead Josh is fine well that's, no wait. we have to for Melody Chris voted That's no. true. Melody I
2: always vote for Josh
0: okay
3: well, so the people who go to see movies with other people they live with don't need two versions of the extras that this mega ticket pays for so they they get stuff they don't need and they have to pay extra to participate in the experience and it, it doesn't seem worth it to me but it is nice to see that Spielberg's prophecy of higher movie ticket prices barely comes out of his mouth before it's true.
0: Yeah, it's nice. Okay. Okay. True. Christopher?
1: Yeah, I, I I think this is actually a fairly interesting idea, and I didn't actually think about the point that Josh brought up there at the end, but I actually agree with it. They they'll need to come up with a you know two tickets, and then you know
0: you can a family buy them bundles, package, or yeah, something. A yeah, definitely, and,
1: and I'm sure they'll do that. Yeah. You know, this is just a test in just a few cities, so um, you know, if, like Melody said, if this was something that was a little more popular, something I was like Star Trek, like if I was going to get all those things for the Star Trek film In the Darkness, um, I'd be all over it. You know, if we could pay like, you know. $80 or whatever it would be to do that together um, and uh, you know I think we definitely would see it a few days earlier kids probably aren't going to pay that price we're going to have you know being there with you know a better audience people who want to be there um, I think it's great for the proof Steve and George are right um, and um, i definitely be all over it and you know World War Z I'm looking at the, uh, the reviews and I'm actually shocked I may actually go see it so uh, who knows it might be actually be a good thing
3: you we'll are
0: looking see, at Rotten right. Tomatoes, checking that out. Yeah, I'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> sure you are. Well, I love this idea. I don't love the idea of this terrible movie, although it may be good. Who knows? I'm not going to yeah. get on Rotten Tomatoes before I see and make a decision you, for my own grown-up self. You'll be shocked. You'll be but, shocked. But I am interested in the idea of the theaters doing something at least trying to do something other than just raising the prices you know cuz i'm old enough to remember being able to go to an evening show in a theater for like 450 five bucks and then they just started raising prices but you got no added value so i like the idea of definitely seeing it earlier and i like the idea of a few collectibles or whatever although mostly i think that's junk i think the big thing is the digital download the two day early window Um, and if they do this with some cool movies uh, you know i I definitely would would be interested in trying this out to see if because if they can make the experience good enough there's i think there's a market for sure no doubt no doubt Even for you, Josh. Welcome to the main event. All right, guys. This is the day I've been waiting on. Man of Steel. I am an original Superman comic book nerd. Have a closet full of the comics. Love the original film. Super excited. I even kind of liked... Superman Returns. So we're going to talk now about Man of Steel, directed by Zack Snyder, produced by Christopher Nolan, a script by David S. Goyer, who wrote Batman Begins. So a pedigree of a lot of talented people around this film and was by far my most anticipated film of the summer. So let's get into Man of Steel.
2: Goodbye, my son. Our hopes and dreams travel with you.
3: He'll be an outcast, they'll kill him. How? He'll be a god to them. What if a child dreamed of becoming something other than what society had intended?
2: What if a child aspired to something greater? You're the answer, son. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? can I just keep pretending I'm your son? You are my son. and I have to believe that you were sent here for a reason. And even if it takes the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that reason is.
1: He was convinced that the world wasn't ready. What do you think?
2: What's the S stand for?
1: It's not an S.
0: On my world, it means hope. So what I want to do first is talk very, very briefly about Superman Returns. They've been trying to get Mm -hmm. this franchise off the ground for a long time and with middling success. So just real quick, like 30 seconds or less, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, Superman Returns. Chris, what did you think about Superman Returns?
1: A whole lot of promise. And I'd say the first maybe third of the film is really great. Um, their, Their setup of that world was kind of fascinating but i really felt it was like a they were trying to do too much copying of what uh, the donner films had done mm-hmm. and so um I, I i think it was just a little bit too much too too much similar to what had already been done and not a much, enough different for a new generation so um i'm definitely excited about them kind of revisiting and, and revisioning um that universe okay what about you melody
2: I was um, definitely disappointed with Superman Returns to the point where it's really forgettable for me. Like, I hardly even remember the plot of that movie. Um, Like, I I remember, like, okay, this is a nice Superman movie, but it it didn't strike any chords in my heart. I I don't have any love for it.
0: I got you. Josh, did you see Superman Returns? (laughs) So Superman Returns was a movie, right? I must have been (laughs) watching some other classic movie when that came out, because I I don't have. Something in black and white that you I don't recall. That's what I figured, okay. Well, I liked Superman Returns. Um, I thought it had, I think the reverence that it had for the Donner film Uh, Films were uh, admirable. Uh, And there were a couple of moments in the movie that I thought were great, but overall it was just ridiculous and just did a a mess. Just a a mess. Just a mess. So that actually contributed to my excitement for Man of Steel because I thought, you know, just six years ago. They had this misfire, so there's no way they could miss this time. No matter what, they're gonna get it right. So let's find out if they did. So I'm gonna start with the person that I'm sure is the most positive on this. Freaking Josh, this what do you think about Man of Steel?
3: I'm glad to hear a vote of confidence in me for once. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll soak that in for a second. First off, well, that didn't last I, very long. I think this movie. Gave me permanent hearing damage (laughs) and once it's gone it's gone and i mourn it and it's sad (laughs) the the speakers in my theater were pushed not quite to distortion but high enough that all the all the sound effects in the action sequences of which there were many just kind of blended together into this giant squeal and i literally had to plug an ear to keep from getting a headache so what you're saying is it was
0: perfect it was perfect
3: no so what i'm (laughs) what i'm saying is you have permanent hearing damage and you've had it for years so it's okay what but exactly (laughs) but so back to the movie itself i know you're all just expecting me to tear apart your dreams and so why would i disappoint you yeah i have to say (laughs) there might actually be hope for the summer movie this yes. what? Man of Steel was well executed on what? almost what? every level. Yes. I can't believe it's happening yes. right now. Hold on. <laughs> the action was better than Iron Man, oh, even no though doubt. some of the action sequences were a little long. They some of them kind of dragged, but it it was still on the whole much more engaging. It had more nods to actual science fiction tradition than Star Trek did. Mm. I'm not I'm not really a Superman fan from way back like you are, Chad, mm-hmm. and probably as much as anyone else is either. I know about the character, but I haven't really, I don't have a history with the movies or the cartoons. And I didn't really, I was never really engaged that much with a character. He seemed too, too perfect. I was more of a Spider-Man guy, but this movie actually somehow made the character of Superman more personal and engaging for me. It gave him some of the humanity that I'd kind of been missing from the lore. Mm-hmm. And so I actually really enjoyed the movie if it hadn't given me a headache.
0: <laughs> Yay! That I'll just—I'm amazed. I'll I can't believe will stop my it.
3: impressions there. And
1: Josh, I would kiss you if we weren't can't separated it.
3: by so many miles. All
1: right, I'm well, I we didn't. We I don't know about all that,
0: but <laughs> hey, you know what? I ain't afraid.
3: Steele <laughs> brings out some strange emotions in people. I know. This is like your bachelor party if I <laughs> remember <is> correctly.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm so hot.
1: Whoa. <laughs>
0: Whoa! All right, <laughs> let's move on. All right, so <laughs> Melody, on that line, along those lines, uh, what did you think about Man of Steel?
2: I'm just so just distracted with the whole Josh answer that I have to compose myself a minute. Uh, okay, I don't really know what is wrong with me. The what well, I'm about to say, what I'm about to say, but anyway, first of all, I have to give it to Chad because I think that this, uh, my only explanation for my feelings on this film would be the fact that I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score before I went. And I feel as though it negatively affected my experience in the sense that it was a rather low score for a movie that I had extremely high hopes for. And so I think part of my my viewing was uh, through the lens of trying to figure out why people didn't like it Mm -hmm. uh, because it had the, the lower score so maybe chad you were right from the last episode but okay so let's talk about that a little bit more mm, no i'm just kidding go ahead
1: okay i'm gonna bring it up here in just a second don't you worry
2: okay overall i did love this movie it's my second favorite movie of the summer behind star trek and i did enjoy it however I did not seem to love it as much as many other people in my circle of friends have enjoyed it. I was irritated um, by a lot of the dialogue, actually. And I kind of completely disagree with Josh in the sense that uh, I didn't, I don't think I ever fell in love with Superman. And that's like, that's who you want to love. I just didn't like, I didn't connect with him. Uh, I didn't I didn't love him I don't know I, I enjoyed the movie greatly but it it did let me down a little bit I still don't understand like why the the low low ratings on Rotten Tomatoes because I do think um, the story was good the action was great it was very loud in our theater too Josh since you mentioned that um, bef it was loud the whole time and it actually was like shaking the projector um, before the movie even started so, so you're just, saying
0: it was it, perfect It was,
2: like, I jumped several times just from the loudness. Like, there was not jump scenes, obviously, but it was just extremely loud. But um, I I kind of, I think maybe I also had really high hopes for this movie, Um, kind of hoping, like, maybe it would be another Dark Knight or something. But um, to me, it wasn't even quite up to the Batman Begins par, but that's just me.
0: Okay. Chris, what about you? Your uh, general impressions, and then uh, I'll give mine, and then we can get into some really... Uh, good specifics and spoilers. What'd you think? Some,
1: something I don't say very often is I was wrong about the whole so Rotten no. Tomatoes thing, um, because that did not give an accurate depiction of this film. Uh, I think it has a 57% right now, uh, sitting on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And, um, so unlike Melody, I didn't go in expecting that it was going to be bad. I just had, I had an idea that Okay, it is a very polarizing film. 50% loved it, 50% hated it, whatever. This movie was everything you'd want in a comic book movie. It was a great origin without making it um, drag out. Because, I mean, you know, we've seen, like, the super, uh, the Spider-Man origin over and over again, the Batman origin over and over again. We've seen all of these superheroes' origins. And most of the time when I go see the remakes of these things, I always just say, let's get that out of the way and let's just get to them. We already know this. But I thought they did a really good job of establishing who Clark or... Kal-el is in this in this film, and why he does what he does, and I just really, really loved it. Um, so they didn't drag it out. Very Nolan-esque in its flashbacks, very similar to what he did um, with um, Batman Begins. So none of it was really chronological. Uh, you know, you'd kind of jump back and forth throughout the film, and I really liked that a lot. The action was fantastic. You could tell they sat down and said, "Okay, Superman can fly, so if he's going to be fighting." What would he be doing rather than kind of standing up or whatever? He, you know, he'd get knocked to the ground and then just raise up, and you know, all kinds of just really cool, just using his superpowers in, in ways that we've never seen in film, and you can't really depict in the comic book. Um, and so, you know, obviously, this isn't going to be true. I mean, I'm a huge comic book nerd too. In the '90s, I went through the whole death of Superman um, thing. I loved that whole thing. Yeah, Doomsday. All of that was just spectacular. Of course. You know, there's so many different origin points and you know background stories for Superman, but I thought they did a great job of kind of creating their own universe with this film, creating their own ideas, uh, and just really making it just a really great film. I loved every second of it. So I was, I, I loved it. I loved
0: it. Never, oh, never, never. it warms my heart. I must say that Chris, I almost lost my friendship with Chris because as we were recording. The bonus episode for E3 at the very end of that, I was going, that was opening day, and I was going to see it. And he made the comment to me, Oh, well, I guess you haven't seen the scores on Rutten Tomatoes, have you? (laughs) And if I could have been in a room with him, I would have attacked him physically. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, Superman, what are you doing? This is Superman. Don't talk to me about this. (laughs) But anyway, let me say that overall, this was a wonderful experience for me. It's gonna be almost impossible for me not to love a Superman movie because I just love the the character so much. And there's so many things that are done in this movie that we've never seen on film before. Yeah. So, but what I want to do is I'm just going to give my brief impressions, then I think we need to jump into spoilers so that we can really talk about some specific things. Yes. But there's so many good things about this. Number one, the cinematography is gorgeous. A lot of this film was actually shot on film. Not only that, but they shot it with a single camera. Really, really effective, in my opinion. Uh, Henry, uh, is it Caville or Cavill? Awesome Superman. First of all, he is ripped to the max. He is oh crazy gosh. ripped. But he, he just has that Superman face without being unapproachable. Like, he feels like a real person. I thought he did a great job. Which leads me to the, all of the performances, I thought, in this movie – were really really spectacular russell crowe if you would have asked me going in and I, do i think russell crowe is going to do a good job i would have said no but he was one of my favorite characters he did a great job diane lane was great as ma kent amy adams was a great lois lane i thought michael shannon was great as general zod kevin costner i thought amazing was really wonderful and, and effective what i really like about this and i disagree with you melody i think that this is on par with Batman McGinn's it's certainly not on par with the Dark Knight Uh, but I do think it is It is on par with Batman Begins in as much as I think the sequel to this movie now can really be spectacular because we've got a lot of the stuff out of the way that we need to get out of the way, Um, and I think they'll learn from some of the mistakes that were made, and we'll talk about those uh, here in just a little bit. But overall, I loved it. I mean, I loved it. As soon as it was – and let me say this, too. I saw this in IMAX 2D. My last two or three 3D viewing experiences have all been negative where the screen has just been too dark. Like, Iron Man 3 was so dark that I just couldn't even – I was like, I can't even take this. So I just made the decision that I was not going to let that ruin the experience. And I have to say, I didn't miss it one bit. It was so bright and vibrant that uh, I may be over 3D for good. But anyway, I I agree with Josh. In my opinion, I think this is a better film than Star Trek. I think it's not – I love Star Trek, but I think this is the best film of the summer so far, even as flawed as it is. So I don't understand the hatred, the 57% or whatever. It's it weird. just blows my mind. It's i just weird. like, I do not understand what you guys are talking about. So any other general thoughts before we jump into spoilers from anybody?
3: I feel like I need to say one thing. I I just feel so out of place giving a positive <laughs> review that I have to, I have to by saying the bar was so low this summer that this being my favorite movie of the summer I i yeah, mean, but Josh, it's okay for you it, to though. just say you like something. I did, no, I did. You don't okay, have to. Okay, come, on, come you on, You liked
2: it Jeez. the end, Josh. So like, can you are happy, happy, back on. I think we're
0: all. I think we're all saying. I feel we'll like everyone thinks so, I'm going soft. Josh, should people see this? Yes or no? Sure. Yeah, go see it
3: in the theater if that's your thing. <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't go see it in three D. Like like you, I agree. I agree. Three D doesn't really. Did do you see it in three D, Josh? No, I didn't.
1: Chris, see it? Yes or no? Absolutely. This is one of the very best movies you're going to see, as far as a popcorn action flick, the best you're probably going to see all year. It's it's amazing.
0: Melly,
2: Yep. See it. It's great.
0: All right. Thumbs up from the screeners. Let's go into spoilers on Man of Steel. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Okay guys, let's jump into some specifics. Yes. yes <clears throat> so too. first of all, Chris, I definitely agree with you that I like the the narrative structure of the flashbacks and all that stuff. So good. So much better than them trying to just do a straight out like yep. normal, you know, we're going to go childhood. I agree. Yeah. I want I want to talk just a little bit about your initial reaction cuz I thought it was a pretty brave choice yes. to spend about 30 minutes, maybe Loved 25 it. 30 minutes of the opening of this film. Loved it. On Krypton, hardcore sci-fi. Amazing. Um, song. And we were there for a while, so I'm curious, what I, did you guys think about that? Melly, what did you think? Or, okay, Josh or Chris, go ahead.
1: No, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I want a whole movie there. Like I think that they 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 could do that. Like we could do like a sequel with Russell Crowe. And like the whole politics and all that stuff, I I love that segment. I, I almost want to play a video game there, whatever. I just want to spend some more time on that Krypton world. I thought it was really well fleshed out. Freaking dragons, are you kidding me? I mean, all that stuff. I, <laughs> yeah, I when loved. he
0: hopped onto that thing, I was like, Man.
1: what's happening? What? I, I had no idea. I just, I it was just it blew my mind. I was I was so into it. And I, I mean, I the moment about fifteen minutes in. I was leaning forward, you know, like almost having that kind of Jurassic Park when I was in fifth grade, seeing that for the very first time, like visceral reaction to what was going on the screen. I'm like, I love this movie. This is, this is, anyway, sorry, I'm Me- getting- Sure. Goosebumps. Melody, what did you
0: think? Was it too much?
2: I don't think it was too much. I, I loved it. I mean, it, when you're going to see a Superman movie, I, I I was kind of ready to like see Superman maybe a little bit before that, but but I, I loved it so much that I didn't mind that I wasn't watching Superman. Um, and like Chris said, I was thinking partway through it like, oh, it would be so cool if they just made like a prequel or something and like told this whole story because it's super interesting and it looked great. I, I, I did think um, that some of the dialogue in that part was especially irritating to me, but that could have been the, the the bad lens that I was looking through. I don't know. But overall, I did love it.
0: I don't think it's unfair to say that Goyer is not necessarily known for his dialogue. Sure. So, no. I, there were a few lines where I was like, okay. Yeah. More pretty than I, much he's more all of the lines guy. from
2: um, from Superman's mom, L- Lara, or yeah, yeah.
0: whatever
2: her name is, um, I, I, I didn't like any of hers. But, sure. um I loved the scene, though.
0: Okay. And what about you, Josh? Did you enjoy the sci-fi-ness of the beginning?
3: Well, I mean, it's fantasy. I I guess you'd call it sci-fi. I It was fine i i'm kind of neutral towards it uh, there was so much shooting and action and flying in that part that again my theater was just deafening and <laughs> that's not okay you just sound like my grandfather it, it, it's it like i couldn't watch the
0: watched movie it was so loud uh, You kids turn that down you can't,
3: look <laughs> when you can't discern a laser beam coming out of a gun from the dragon sound because it's all melded into this giant screech. <laughs> oh, it's not God. enjoyable anymore. Okay,
0: oh. okay. I so, hear
3: so the the fact that we were on Krypton was fine. Yet yeah, some of the dialogue was a little bit hokey, and sure. some of the setup there. Yeah, I but just thought that it was overall, really yeah it was it was nice to be on Krypton
0: for a while. Yeah, I just thought you know for most people that are just coming in off the street they're going to be like what movie am I in? So right. I yeah. thought that was I thought it was a good choice. <clears throat> so let's talk about just for a couple seconds some of the negatives if we can. So and this is just this yeah. is for me. So for me there was one one major disconnect in this movie and I kept waiting for it to happen. There were I kept waiting for that moment where Superman. And, this, and let me say this, all the stuff, the angsty stuff that he was trying to come to terms with his power, and if he was going to reveal himself to the human race, and how they would react to him, and the whole narrative of an alien being accepted, and all that, I loved all of that. I loved yeah. it. I absolutely loved it. I loved the stuff when he was a kid, and he was in the classroom, and he couldn't control his powers, and all of that. that I loved
1: that, it. Man, that, that scene, let me just say, with, with him locking himself in the closet, and yeah. his mom, I, literally, I was... I was it was getting dusty a little bit for me. I, so I was, good. Because I was so, just like, oh, that's who Superman is. You know, sure. That's why he is who oh anyway. So well but,
0: done. And I yeah. totally understand it's probably a more realistic choice the way that they did it. But the one thing that, that was missing for me is that Superman ultimately becomes the protector of the human race he is this um figure that we all look to right? right and i missed the i missed the part where he kind of made that transition in his own narrative journey where he said, you know, yeah, we saw it. Like he just showed up and let himself be handcuffed and all that stuff. And I I loved all that. But I felt like it needed more moments like they had in the bus when he was a kid. It needed more moments where he was doing the things to save people, to protect people so that people – began to love him and he began to make that transition because there was just you know what I really was waiting on was that one definitive moment like in Superman returns for example like the airplane sequence where he stops the airplane on the baseball field and there was like a, a applause in my theater I kept waiting for that moment right. and it just never happened I mean there were a lot of cool moments but there was never kind of that for me there was never that switch that was flipped on where it was like okay now I see what's happening it just jumped from I'm trying to figure out who I am. To okay, now I must go fight General Zod and protect the world. So it, well, I it think, missed I, that bridge.
1: I think the problem is is that he didn't know, and that that was the cool thing about this film that I loved. I think that, that moment happens um, right before he he kills Zod, and you know he's got the laser beam sure. going towards the family or the kids and all that stuff, and he has to make a choice. He knows this is not the right thing to do. He knows he shouldn't do it. He knows it's a and he. <coughs> And then sure. it's, and then he's made that choice. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I want think the they were trying
2: for. to. I think they were trying to let that be the moment. Yeah, but for me, it wasn't the moment, and I didn't get that feeling. And that's what I was oh, saying man. before. Like, I didn't fall in love with this Superman because I didn't see right. him falling in love with the human race. I just didn't see it. I think they maybe but, tried, but it didn't he happen. Was, for me. He, he so was. He was
1: like, the whole movie. He's get, trying to get away from humans because, I mean, they show that at the very beginning because. Right. He's so sensitive. He's so he he can't quite know. He doesn't know where he fits in, and so he's he's running away. He's going to be on right, that ship, I the think oil at rig. Some
2: point in a Superman movie, exactly. you want To see him, you want to see him make that transition. Super, it'll, it'll be in, it'll be in
0: the sequel. Superman. Yeah,
3: this this it'll was all exposition. This was the origin story. It, it was, was a reimagining of the origin story, and yeah. him fighting General Zod and his crew. Was him making that decision that whole fight with all the military saw and that I'm sure we'll see people saw on news footage and whatever that was him making the decision sure and the the moment oh. with him snapping Zod's neck was a different a different kind of moment right you. maybe we'll talk about that yeah, later, we'll talk but, about
0: that more specifically yeah, I but, guess my my point is this is that Superman is an ideal. Superman is something that specifically all of the times where he helped people and he struggled with that. That's totally fine and we see that. But I think at some point for me, I needed to see him have a moment even personal it doesn't I'm not saying he had to go out and announce himself to the world I'm saying there just needed to be a beat in there where he did something that connected with the people that mm-hmm. would endear him to me to make me feel like okay he's made that transition and now he's willing to sacrifice himself I mean because there's I, I, you know the
1: moment the moment in there for me too I mean there was a moment in Smallville when he was fighting the the girl. Um, and finally shoot them all away right and you've got right. all of the troops standing there and they're you know holding he's, their guns sure. up and then they say he's, not he, our he's on our side sure. you know what i mean like that moment too was that same right. I, I feel but like but a bunch of those, those, those the, moments.
0: that came at the end of a massive fight i'm talking yeah. about little smaller human okay. kind of intimate yeah. moments but you all know right. what okay. i think
2: they i i think like i think that his earthly dad um, i think that he had that moment and he gave his life because he loved the human race that much. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe they were trying to like, it, he's the one that had the moment. Superman didn't have the moment. It was his dad. Yeah. And like, maybe, you know, that's going to translate into something more. But I would have felt much more fulfilled at the end of the film, even just something little at the end of the film, yep. instead of him smashing down the million okay. dollar drone and the lady saying he's hot, like some sort of like moment to feel funny. like <laughs> it,
0: was awesome. it was
2: funny, but it was so out of context for a film that had no other humor. But anyway. I agree. Um I just would have liked to walk out feeling like ah, oh, I, I love agree. Okay. It's, it's, he a loves
0: me. Yeah. it's a good and point. So it's a good point. And so on the good side, we saw things that my brain could not comprehend when it came <laughs> to the action. Like I was like I cannot believe I'm seeing this in a movie. This it's is awesome. the greatest so action I've ever It's ridiculous, okay? So good. But it's too long. I think that it's it's set up that first fight in Smallville Oh my word. That is the Superman fight that I have always dreamed of in yeah. my mind. I mean, picking up trains and just, I've always thought, tackling you know. Tackling? Yeah, Zod, tackling. When he's trying, yeah. he trying to get his mom or whatever. Unbe- and punching him. Punching the him. Field. Unbelievable. Oh. Like the whole thing where I've always thought, you know, if Superman wanted to kill some folks, he would just bounce around and punch them and that's it. And the, to see the evil characters do that, I was yeah. just like, this is unreal, right? That
2: was my favorite action was that, that lady, at- like, going around and punching going around. everyone so yeah, fast. Oh, it's right? so crazy awesome. So
0: that was the most, mag. To, when that scene ended, I was like, oh, that's what I've been waiting for. So then to follow that up yeah. with a 15 minute or maybe even 20 minute extended, extended, 15, extended action scene that really just honestly has more of the same, it lost a little bit of steam for me. Uh, and yeah. let me say this too. I had a big problem with the fact that, and this kind of goes back to me wanting more of the Superman character and I'm not a purist, okay? I'm okay with him changing a lot of the little things, but you know, there was probably twenty five or fifty thousand people that got killed in that last fight, you know, sure. in the city. And I understand that if he's fighting other superpowered people, some things he just wouldn't be able to control. But okay. there was just like no regard as the protector. Superman- no, He's still Brilliant.
1: learning who he is,
0: though, dude. I mean, th- th- what are you talking about? Uh,
1: well, I'm saying saying—he—he he he's never been in that kind of fight before. He's never done the things that he was doing before. And so he's learning how all that works. And of course, this is what's gonna happen the second film. This is gonna be a huge regret of his. I have no doubt he's gonna have issues sure. and problems. And that's why you're gonna see him, probably in the first scene of the second thing, going around saving kittens. Going around like <laughs> right, walking right. old ladies across the road sure. because he's but overcompensating for what he did not do at the end of this. this I can, sequence. I can, and if I can he win. has
3: PTSD in the second movie, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm that gonna sounds do exactly. yeah,
1: well, no, not, I don't think he will. I just think he's gonna overcompensate and be all and try and do that and that, be all things to all people. it's going to be a difficult thing. I
0: mean, I can buy that, but I've got to, I've got to judge this on what this was.
2: No, I I agree. Exactly. You're talking about something that doesn't exist and trying to justify what they did in this movie. Sure. And so
1: I'm just saying, I'm saying the reason why they did it is because he did not yet know what he was doing. I'm just saying he's learned that anytime he interacts with humans, they are going to even if he's doing the right thing and the good thing, they're still going to hate him for it.
0: I understand what you're saying. I just disagree with the fact that that was a reason enough that he would just allow all those people to die.
1: I, I, he didn't allow it. I'm, okay, okay. He I, allowed I, it. He didn't I'm, I'm try. Seeing there, it part of at you. no
0: point in the fight did he ever try to do anything except fight. That's my issue. Superman sure. would do things you. to I agree save with you. people. He would first of all, he would get the heck out of that city and go fight somewhere else. But that's he's a still, whole different thing.
1: I'm just saying he's still not the Superman you know, and that—that's that, that, my only point that I'm making.
0: And I agree, and that's
2: fine. I just think we wanted to see him turn into the Superman that we know. Yeah, this and is the, this is the first chapter though. I about. agree.
0: I feel like they could have cut this whole movie down by about 15 minutes, and I never imagined I would say that. Cut it down by about 15 minutes, and kind of made the Smallville thing roll mm-hmm. over into one major battle at the end, and then I would have let. Jumping with joy, you know, like this is the greatest thing ever. But overall, um, it's hard to complain because you know you haven't seen anything like it. I don't think, no doubt.
3: No. So on on that note, a one person, two sentence point counterpoint here. Um, number one, Superman doesn't actually become Superman; doesn't get his cape uh, r- until right before Zod's army shows up. So right. he's not, he hasn't become Superman until that point. Right. But on the other hand, he's the one who actually takes Zod to Smallville like from the farm. Right. He, he flies in yes, he does. and takes Zod across miles of farmland through a gas station, that's actually true. causing a lot of collateral damage himself yeah. that he's responsible for. Yeah. No doubt. So, so that's,
0: but he told everybody to go inside because the doors would protect them. <laughs> that's true. Go inside. No, I, it's not safe here. I, I
1: totally agree with the point that it was, it was a huge... Mistake for him to have done both of those fights where he did them and not try and draw them away. And I'm just saying
0: that it's... He was just taking care of his mama. Right, exactly. True. Get him fall
1: I, I, I'm just saying it, it was just him trying to defeat, having one, his blinders on. He was just going to fight these people, get them out of here no matter what. And sure. he wasn't paying attention to what was sure. going on around him.
0: And we're I nit- agree with you. We're that. definitely nitpicking, but let's do two, no two, two more little things and then we'll move on. So number one, okay. I want to talk about the decision that Superman made, which was a departure for sure, to kill at the to kill General Zod at the end in order to save the family.
1: I would say it's fairly
0: justified,
1: though. I, I would oh, I yeah. would never say that. Okay, so I don't have a problem with it. I, I think it's a I think it's a great way to end. There's no other way it could have ended. The only other way it could have ended is if you found some, you know, celestial prison to throw him into or the sun or some stupid, like, thing that always happens
3: where he's going to come back. Okay. This time he ain't coming back. That was actually, that was one of my favorite parts because that was the most, the more you think about it, it, it was the most implicitly deep moment of the movie. It was his, it was choosing the human race mm-hmm. over the race on on. Krypton Zod represents there you go the carrying on of the bloodline that he wants to do and Superman is destroying his own race to save the humans no doubt and so that was a I don't want to say a powerful moment but it was you can embrace emotion Josh it's okay that
1: scream that scream that he gave afterwards was so good that could have been so bad and cheesy but he was so good.
3: like It was well done.
1: And with, with Lois looking on, I, I, was, I was like, wow, he really – that was good. Yeah, He's dude, he Superman. is Superman. He's, He's great. Superman. He's great. So last thing we'll it. talk
0: about is the little stinger – or not even the stinger, but the very last thing where it throws the mythology on its head where Lois Lane knows yes. that Clark yes. Kent is Superman. <laughs> but uh, he still comes. He joins the Daily Planet. And uh, it sets up beautifully, in my opinion, what comes next. Amazing. What did, what did you guys think about that, how they ended up? Amazing.
2: That? I loved it. I, I mean, I definitely like that's the Superman that I like. My Superman, sorry, people, but it's Dean Kane, okay? Lewis and Clark, <laughs> that is the Superman that I will always love the most. Yeah. And that those are the stories that I like to see. So I was super happy to see that and, you know excited for what's coming
0: next yeah a lot of people have complained that it wasn't some big action kind of thing i thought it was perfect i was like like when the credits rolled i was like sign me up for number two here we go
1: and no that that one line when she says welcome to the planet that was mm-hmm. freaking brilliant because <laughs> daily planet actual planet awesome like well i mean you know that they had a good time so they, brilliant they,
2: you had to explain they, they had some <laughs> some claps in the writer's room. oh no, what i'm just saying i was just
1: i was explaining what i was talking about i just really thought that was a some people might not know that they work at the Daily Planet. I'm just giving Thank it out.
3: Thank you, Chris. Thank well, you, Chris. What about, what about the real planet? I don't actually understand the joke.
1: That's <laughs> all right. Don't worry about it,
3: Josh. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it, I, I it, really thought that was that, – like I said before, I already mentioned it. But I just
1: thought normally in other films that would have been a non-moment. That would have been you know the opening of the film like it was in Superman Returns. Right. You know what I mean? Like That would have just been a non-moment. But this one was literally like we get to see the birth – Of the Clark Kent that we know. We get to see the genesis of Clark Kent, not just the genesis of, you know, quote unquote, Superman. Sure. And that the more human side, I, I think, is 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 interesting, and and, and I, I like it yep. a lot. Any final thoughts? No, one more thing I wanted to mention, and you know, feel free to cut this out if you want. Yeah, to. I have
3: one question too.
1: Um, but there was a lot of reference uh, to um, him being a Christ figure in this film, and I don't mean sure. like just kind of like
0: Arcore. Like yeah, it I was no doubt was way. He's Z- thirty three years old. Zack Snyder um, will never be accused of subtlety. The Superman as Christ thing has been around for a long time. So that's no not, that's nothing new, no but doubt. for them to, to be so on the nose about it and to try to capitalize it to make more money, it's kind of like, I uh, feel dirty about that, but whatever, it's I, definitely in
1: there. I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was cool. I, I, yeah. I actually enjoyed it.
0: Superman is the,
3: is the epitome of flag wavy city on a hill, American superhero. Yeah. Not married ideal. with the Christ figure. And it's, it's all, it's all the, God and country—it's the same thing—and I, yeah. And it I was it actually takes happy me out of the they, story a little bit. Just I don't know. But cause. I'm
1: actually happy that they did that, though. I mean, because what you'd think from most postmodern, like, anti-hero they would shy superhero away from stuff it. that they get. Yeah, they would shy away from that, sure. not have as many American flags. But, I mean, he is, you know, he's standing in front of American flags. He's, um, you know... What, truth, what justice, the line... in the American way. Yeah, you can line... make
3: Superman yeah. into an anti-hero and That's keep right. him Superman. That's I mean, right. it's exactly. just not that I, I agree character. with,
1: yeah. I, I, but but the other thing, too, is is that, like, the, there isn't that line in there. was What was it like, how can we be sure you're American? And he's you're like, I grew up in America. Kansas. I Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Kansas as about as, you know, American as you can get, or Whatever it was, yeah. I just thought I, I mean, I'm just saying that they did not shy away from that stuff. They kept that I, piece. I agree, truth. and I'm glad I that
0: it. I i am glad that they did not shy away from that. If they—if they, if they yeah. would have tried to neuter that aspect of the character, then, like Josh said, it's not the character. So
1: I agree. I'm, I agree. I'm glad.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I am very happy to hear that we found our first positive review from Doctor Ziegler over there. Yes, Yay. love it. And Good uh, stuff. so, I'm so uh, sorry. I'll do better next time. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the cutting room floor. The cutting room floor.
3: All right, for the cutting room floor this time, we're gonna do something that we haven't done before. On our Facebook page this week, we posted a commercial that Audi did recently, juxtaposing Zachary Quinto and Leonard Nimoy as the two Spocks in a Audi Mercedes duel, and it was really fantastic. And that made us think, brilliant. Well, we don't we don't talk about commercials much, so let's do that. So this time we're going to do our favorite commercials of all time, whether they we thought they were especially funny or impactful. If some of us are by chance impacted by ads, <laughs> but anyways, we'll for those give of us, us with hearts and souls, the lesser of us, <laughs> are sometimes yes, the easily by ads. swayed. Uh. So our favorite commercials this time on the cutting room floor, and I, I guess I'm going first. Well, I already mentioned the first one that Audi ad was. was great in recent memory it was the best ad i've seen in several years it's another in kind of a series that audi has been doing recently where they're juxtaposing this new luxury with the old luxury and leonard nimoy is the old luxury with the mercedes and he's dueling to get to beat zachary quinto in his audi to the country club and there's all sorts of back and forth about well how the audi's faster and how it's younger and better but the cutaways are just brilliant
0: brilliant we have
3: leonard nimoy trying to shove his golf clubs into the trunk swearing and (laughs) then leaping it out (laughs) buckling them into the passenger seat (laughs) and then we cut to zachary and he's fine he's driving he punches it in the gps and he's already halfway there we cut back to leonard and he's doing (laughs) he's doing an improvisation yes he is of the Hobbit song, yes, he is. The last Hobbit movie, yes, he is. I, I just lost
0: it at that point because <laughs>
3: it, it's protracted. It goes on for like thirty seconds, and just humming this Hobbit tune.
0: And his hair is crazy. <sighs> <laughs> it's crazy. I don't. When I saw it, I was like, I don't know what's happening with his hair. Anyway, it's worth it just for Leonard Nimoy's hair. I'm telling you,
3: absolutely worth it. So it's
0: on our Facebook page. Is that right?
3: Yes, it is on the it's Facebook great. page. It's great. You have to go watch it. It's it's, it's, um,
1: it it's amazing
3: fantastic. my other favorite uh, ad campaign is another one that's more on the humor side than anything else and I kinda feel bad mentioning something that's this recent because I feel like I should be bringing out a classic ad but this was just a couple years back old spice had a brilliant <laughs> your man could smell like me campaign with Isaiah Mustafa and the writing <laughs> and the directing the the innovative things they did with cinematography, even everything was just spot on. Just
0: look up here. Completely. Now there look he away. Is. Now look at me. <laughs> now look at your lady. Now look I'm at on, on a horse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Th-
3: those are mine. And wow. good choices, sir. And just <It's> thinking of your choice, happy though. hat has returned. It's awesome. I'm just smiling now.
1: See, ads work to you for you even as well. They now you want ones, an Audi, don't you? They're good,
0: they're good. I the want Super an Audi. Audi. <laughs> oh my word! Do I want yeah. the Audi that's in that ad? Yes. No doubt. I want to support them now. Yes,
3: and their cars are nice. Indeed. So, Chris. <clears throat> yes. Take-
1: all right. So uh, we don't have cable anymore, so I don't really watch a whole lot of ads or even the only ads I see are the ones that are forward to me on Facebook that are actually good. And sometimes maybe the ones that are on Hulu that play over and over and over <laughs> again. So those are the only ones I'm really totally familiar with or even the ones that are on like um, on the Internet. I had, to, I had I was trying to think of ones that really impacted me. And I'm going to do one that's a non-traditional one um, because it really was one of the coolest experiences. Several years ago, uh, I was watching a television show called Lost. um, And we were DVRing it at the moment at the time. And uh, we were just fast forwarding through the commercials. And I saw a – and during the commercial break of the show, I saw a commercial that was – that had an advertisement for a company that was in the show, a fictitious company. Company. And so I had to rewind it and see what it was. And there was, they had actually put an ad in the show for a fictitious corporation called the Hanzo Foundation um, and a website that you could go to to continue the, the 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 Lost experience throughout the summer while they were on hiatus and over break. And so that was one of the coolest commercials that I'd ever seen because I was like, oh my gosh, they're really trying to like, you know, dig in and, and make this something really cool. So that was a really, that was a neat um, commercial and I'll definitely make sure that we post that up so you can take a look at it and remember it if you were a part of that so many years ago. Do you guys remember that at all? Was Yeah, that, that was cool. cool,
0: cool lost was haven't. kind of the first show that I remember trying to do a lot of like kind of cross promotional mm-hmm. tie And marketing. It was really, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so I really, I love that. And then there was another ad that came across more recently that kind of gave me a little bit more of, um, I don't know. I'm a father. I've got two daughters and Disney came out with a, about a minute, minute and a half ad called I am a princess. It is really good. It's really well done. (laughs) Uh, I get a little dusty. Man, I really did. I mean, Disney know how to, knows how to do things really well, and I love that ad. It was really just kind of heartwarming, and you know, I want my daughter to you know be like that. And just, it's really, it's very, very, very good. I, I like that a lot. I haven't seen that one.
0: So all of these are going to be. We're going to put all these up, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah,
3: yeah. We'll, we'll we'll put as many of them up as we can find. We'll try to find all of them, and I think maybe we'll have we'll run a poll or something. So everyone, go and watch them all on our Facebook page, yeah. and and, and, and post your own, and we'll. Yeah, we'll yeah. A little vote thing. Cool.
1: Because there's I'm so sure. many. There's so many. I mean, obviously, there's the classic ones, and I'm trying not to get in there. I had on here like <clears throat> the Apple "Here's to the Crazy Ones" um, commercial. Um, I really like that one too. I'm so but surprised you picked that one. It's well, Apple knows how to do ads, man. <laughs> they're really they're very very good. But then I just want to do one more that are that was kind of like my the the ones the 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 current funny humorous um, campaign that I enjoy right now, and that's the. Um, happier than dot you dot dot no uh geico commercials Please
2: stop no more
1: time <laughs> all right or all right. i'll let melody talk about it but anyway okay so those are mine cool they suck <laughs> sorry i'll let you talk about it take it out okay
3: <laughs> chad how okay. about your favorite ads
0: the first one is a commercial that was done in 2010 and it's called embrace life and these are these aren't funny funny ones but they were ones that when i saw them i like And as jaded and cynical as I am about media, when something I can see it online and just kind of stop and go, wow. And this was a seatbelt awareness campaign commercial that was done in, uh, in Britain by the Sussex Safer Roads Partnership. And it had this guy and his daughter and his wife are sitting off to the side. And he's like sitting in a chair, pretending like he's driving in a car. And they shot this thing on the Phantom camera that does like a thousand frames a second. And they have this car accident, but he's just playing like it's a car accident. And his wife and his daughter run around to wrap their arms around him like they're the seatbelt. And it's, have you guys seen this commercial? No, You have to see it. It is – it's about a minute and a half long. It is brilliant. And they just made it to be local, but they put it on YouTube, and it just blew up, and it's like the number eight top-rated all-time on YouTube. I mean, it's crazy. So look up Embrace Life. You'll love it. And then my last one is one that came out last year for the Olympics, and it was a Procter & Gamble ad. And I actually put this on my Facebook, and it's a, a, a tribute to mothers called The Best Job. Yeah, and it so was directed, <clears throat> excuse me, it was directed by the director Alejandro, I want to say Inyaratu, who did uh, Babel. Have you guys seen the movie Babel? No, yes. I haven't. No. Okay, it's, yes, it's I yes. like it. It's. I think it's a good film. It tells the story of three different little girls and the sacrifices that their mothers made to help them come up and then eventually become uh, Olympic athletes. And that description of it doesn't sound super interesting, but this is one where. It's I true. got I got dusty for sure. So yeah. you definitely need to check that out. The Procter and Gamble is called Best Job. Melody?
2: Well, I didn't pick anything that made me dusty. Sorry, but um, so hey, most impactful, <laughs> most impactful one. Like this is the first thing that came to mind because it really freaked me out at the time so it was back when y2k was like a big scary thing and nobody knew what was gonna happen and there was this one ad that they played and I tried to find it online and I couldn't even find it but they like played it like New Year's Eve and it was like all the lights going off or whatever and it looked like a news broadcast or whatever and it was I think it was for a car I don't even know what um what what car company it was but anyways that was very creepy and so that was impactful But my... my Wait, Y2K didn't happen? What? I'm just saying, at the time, it was a thing. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) My top choice for funny commercials, like, I don't know, these are just the ones I can think of, and I know they're, like, pretty mainstream or whatever, but it's the Geico, um, how happy are you? Happier than a whatever. And, like, I don't know, I know they're really stupid, but literally they've made me, like, laugh out loud Some of those are great.
1: Happy Like my camel, favorite one is the bodybuilder
2: directing traffic one. I don't know why it's so funny to me. I just think he's like so funny out there with his little poses, and he's so happy and. It just makes me laugh out loud every time. I don't know. And the other one that I really like is, um, I'm not sure how to say his name. Kembe Mutombo. Mutombo, yes. yeah. He's <laughs> oh, hysterical. My, oh, not in my house. And he's like blocking <laughs> oh, oh, the oh. shots and the cereal. My brother cereal.
0: saw him in an airport know. like two weeks ago. No. <laughs> yeah, he just walked up to him at their wedding in line. And he was like, can I take my picture with you? And he was like, okay. And then, <laughs> so awesome. yeah. he's,
1: he's ridiculous. I just I just saw the one I'd never seen before, but it was happier than a camel on Wednesday.
2: I saw. The that one online because I was, was awesome. I was trying to remember because the funny thing is I re- I knew that those were my favorite ads but I could not think of what they were advertising I, I had like, to look it up to see that it was Geico yeah. so. I like the one with the witches in the broom factory that's yes, pretty clever. yes the witches in yeah. the broom yeah. factory that's that was on my it's list just, it's, too
1: it's a great it's, it's a great it's clever ad. yeah they're good cool that's all
0: I got people awesome ta da.
1: All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this super episode of The Screeners Podcast. We love to hear from you guys. So if you'd like for us to talk about something that you haven't heard on the show, or maybe you'd like to talk a little more about something you have heard on the show, please drop us a line. No matter how you're used to talking to people online, there's a good chance... You can talk to us that way too. You'll find us on Facebook, search for Screeners Podcast, tweet us at ScreenersCast. send us an email at screenerscast at gmail.com or leave us a comment at screenerspodcast.com. You can also read up on all the things that we've mentioned in the show, uh, take a look at our show notes, video clips, all that stuff's gonna be available. And as always, please, if you like what you hear, subscribe in iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks guys, talk to you later. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.